in the house hallelujah can you hear me can you hear me hallelujah hallelujah please can you hear me hey what is happening here please can you hear me Can you hear me? 
hallelujah if you can hear me say glory 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 if you can hear me shout glory if you can hear me shout glory I want you to begin to share invite somebody the man of God is ready for action right now I want you to be poised for action I want you to be poised for action I want you to be poised for action invite somebody right now it is time Invite somebody. Invite somebody. Invite somebody right now. Invite somebody right now. It is time. It is time. Begin to pray wherever you are. We're going to thank the name of the Lord. <coughs> the Father, I'm ready for you. I am ready for you. I am ready for you. I am ready for you. Lift up your voice. Say, Father, I'm ready for you. Shadagada Badabaha. Shadagada Badabosh. Shadagada Dabasha. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and pray. Join us. You can call in and join us in prayer. Laurentia, call in. Call in. Lift up your voice and praise. Shada Lift up your voice, lift up your voice and pray. That let the help heavens be opened tonight. Let the heavens be opened tonight. Shadalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabalabal
Rebellion Jadabala Satayan and Melon Seleka Paya and Delebeko Satani Abalaba goes a brilliant Tayelebio Shaya, Ibrondo Lolobo Shalabana, Ibraka Paya Laba Shandele, Ibraga Baya Labana Daba Shanda, <laughs> 
Kelebediata, a Kayan Kelebediata, Rebellion Kelebediata, a Kayan Kelebediata, a Kabalagata Basanda Bredabata, and the we are praying one prayer. You are telling God, Father, open my understanding. Grant me light to apprehend what you have for me tonight. Grant me light. Grant me light. Grant me light. Even in the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and say, God, help my understanding tonight. Help my understanding. Open my mind. Open my eyes. Help my understanding. Even in the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and begin to pray. 
Begin to pray, begin to pray. Kola bada branda labata, ikalega de bezum brenda sati, rakola balaga da balaba, ikolo bodo bolagiando celebrenda behe, ibrasaka calebre de gadebelegade, ikolo bosayanda la bradabata, rakadaga da gadaha, father help my understanding tonight, ikalegre de salabradabaha, open up my understanding, elakindo sandelebre de besa. Rapa palagada bakianda ha, alenga desu alagada daha, ikolo sandele brede belebehe, alunga da branda lagadiosa, rakata kata le brede belebehe, ikalabada bada 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 bada. Libada belaga dosa lambrandiata, masa tata lebrede belebehe, kabalaga da balaga dia, ikoyolobo sabalam belebe, ikoyolobo sandele brede belebe, zaba zabranda labalabata, kabalaga da bakalegete, kabalagra dosa labadabaha, opemana standing tonight, helpmana standing tonight, lakina mazum brede, kabalaga da dosa brede, besaka taya da 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 balaga da, ikata. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Is somebody, God bless you so much for coming. God bless you so much. Is somebody ready for, for, for action? Is somebody ready for action? Let, if you are there, let me see you. 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 Can you give me give me a sign? If you are there, let me see you. Powerful, powerful. God bless you for coming, Laurentia. God bless you, Becky Dance. Powerful. Let's let's if you are there, let's see you. Powerful. I want you to, if you have not yet shared the link to invite somebody, I want you to do it right now. Invite somebody. Let somebody come and be blessed. Let somebody come and be blessed. Let somebody come and be blessed. If you have not shared the link yet, if you have not invited somebody, I want you to do so. Be a reason why somebody's life will be blessed. Hallelujah. Um, it's, it's a very wonderful season that I don't want us to take for granted at all, at all. Yeah, so uh, one thing I've, I've come to understand is uh, no matter how intelligent we are, no, there's still something we don't know. Hallelujah. 
the Bible said that for we know in part and we prophesy in part. Yeah, so it is always on the place that every man, no matter what you do, you have not known it all. Tell somebody that no matter how you know, you don't know. <laughs> tell somebody, I want you to tell somebody that no matter how you know, you don't know. <laughs> no matter how you know, you don't know. Tell somebody that no matter how you know, you don't know. So we are always supposed to um, open ourselves for, for tutelage, for, for God to use people to bless our lives and, you know, tell us, we may know, but there's somebody else who also have much knowledge. And, and this evening or this afternoon or this morning, depending on your time zone, we want to welcome you to a very special session that I believe God is using to bless us. I told you this week is a week that we are preparing ourselves into the 50 days fasting period and we are God is training our spirit God is unveiling our hearts to some realities and some understandings we must have before we enter into the place of destiny hallelujah and tonight we have a very wonderful man of God this is his, his some of them and, and uh, he has been a very great man of God and full of revelation, full of word. And this evening is a word time. Somebody say word time. Ah, it's, it's, I, I want you to ask our, our deacon Joshua who say, pay attention. Tell somebody that, pay attention. <laughs> so I told you last week that this week, if you are coming for every session, come with what? Your notebook. So pick your note, pick your pen pick your Bible and get ready to write it is we are doing destiny time and I don't want you to take things for granted at all I want you to make notes write things write things and I want you to also stay engaged in the engagement side and say something and let's also know that you are there so that we can also know that you can hear what the man of God is saying I hope you are there with me yeah so if you are ready somebody say I am ready Oh, if you are there, you are ready. Tell me I am ready. Let me see those who are ready. If you are not ready, to be close. Aha. Yeah, powerful, 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 powerful. So, um, the man of God is there. Hallelujah. Powerful man of God. Yeah, he's, he's a very wonderful man of God that I've known for um, a very long time. You know, as I said, um, we, we we don't just invite people we invite people that have we have tested their we have tested them and we have seen that god some is doing something with them yeah he's he's the lead pastor for the royal family christian center at um Obwase, a very wonderful and a very powerful man of god hallelujah he's, he's also he's a theologian he's a bible expositor He's also a Christian apologist. He's also, he does everything some. When it comes to the ministrations of the Spirit, he is there. When it comes to everything, he is there. Uh, such a wonderful man. Aha. Yeah, yes, best of the same feathers flock together. Yeah, so that's why he's my Yeah, So I want us to welcome with a clap, with a jump with a shout, with a dance, with all the things you can do. Let's welcome 
the apostle of God. Yeah, actually, he's an ordained, uh, he's an ordained apostle of God. Yeah, in the ministry, he's an ordained uh, apostle of God in the ministry. So let's welcome the the man of God into the house. Is somebody ready? Is somebody with a clap? Oh, I'm not seeing your. This one, too, you are jealous. Master, clap. So long as it's not a time, few flying clap. Mm, your time will come. Clap for somebody. Celebrate somebody. Celebrate somebody. Oh, come on, come on, celebrate. Can you hear that? You can hear the noise of the Bible. Uh -huh. Today, the Insemisi will have. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate, 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 celebrate. Oh, if you don't celebrate, he won't come on. Celebrate. Can you celebrate? Let's welcome the Apostle of God, Apostle Solomon, Apam to, to give us the word of God. Hallelujah. Apostle of God, please, you are welcome. Thank you very much Hello. for this opportunity. Powerful, Hello. powerful. Thank you for this yeah. opportunity. And um, I send Lord's blessing to all of you. In fact, it will be a very um, nice meeting to have. And as I see myself as one of the members of this family, and I also appreciate uh, the man of God that is set over this ministry, uh, Mr. Douglas. I think I have known him for some time since I was in UCC and he has been a very great friend. I've learned so much from him. And when the time came that I was thinking, I was saying that maybe in Ghana we need to have people who will defend the Christian faith. That was when I saw him that he has already started. So what God had put in my heart, he had already started. And I thank God for your life, man of God. Within one minute, I want us to just let our voice and begin to thank God once again as we have prayed for understanding. The Bible says that He is the one who gives understanding. Even David said, The Lord should give you understanding so that He may know His presence. It is a time that we need to know that whatever revelation that we are going to teach tonight, whatever thing that we are going to say, is the Lord Himself who has to speak through the man of God, the one who is speaking. Bible says that he that is filled with the Spirit speaketh as the Holy Spirit moves him. So, as the Old Testament prophets were able to write and were able to prophesy in their writings when the Holy Spirit moved them, we also teaching the same scriptures must be moved by the Holy Spirit. So, we are letting our voices say, Father, open understanding, let your spirit begin to open to understanding. Whatever thing that is said, whatever way that is said, let us get understanding. Because it is through your word that you have ordained that people should grow, should know the mysteries of the kingdom, so that they may be able to know the thing that is freely given to us, so they be able to learn to you and know how to prepare for us in time. I want somebody to lift your voice and we need to pray that prayer. Shagada, <laughs> <laughs> 
Please, um, do you hear me? Like, can you hear me very well? It seems okay, okay, okay. Um, the, this program is that the reality of the unseen realm, and I would like to start by laying some foundations for today and maybe tomorrow so they can delve into so maybe by Thursday God willing we begin to have a comprehensive understanding of what the unseen realm is as a believer you should not be afraid you should not also feel weird because you talk of unseen realm in fact it should be your habitat it should be something that you need to know it should be something that should be at the back of your palm the unseen realm is not something that is so weird for us to know because God himself made us see or made us understand the unseen realm by giving us a book that will usher us into understanding of that realm. So we are going to limit ourselves to the scope of the scripture, how God has revealed it, and we are going to just explain it. He has given us a book that wants us to read them and explain them. That is why we are here to share the word of God, to let us understand how the unseen realm operates, what makes up the unseen realm, so that we can orient our life to it. Because at the end of it all, we are heavenly people and we are people who have to be acquainted with the things of the Spirit. I want us to open our Bible to Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians is what I like most, just like my brother Daniel normally uses the book of Ephesians. That's also my favorite because the book of Ephesians is the Magna Carta of Apostle Paul. When you say Magna Carta, Magna Carta or the Magnus Corpus, which means the compendium of Paul's revelation, the height of it all, he has revealed all of them in the book of Ephesians. Look at the Ephesian church as well, we able to build them. In the first century, that is um, around 50 AD to 100 AD, in the first century, um, the Ephesian church was the, the spiritual center or the holy city. The book of the city of Ephesus was the um, spiritual center or the holy city in the whole world. When we talk about holy city, what people think about is uh, Jerusalem. But in the first century, the holy city was not Jerusalem, it was Ephesus. And it was through this Apostle Paul that we were able to build that city, was able to raise the mature believers so that they would be able to infiltrate the whole Roman Empire, which was able to keep the Roman Empire for about 400 years before its fall in around the fifth century. So the book of Ephesians is very, very important. They were people who were matured in the faith, who have taught them, they have grown in the faith than other churches. So he was able to have the liberty of the Spirit to reveal the things that God has put in the Spirit, God revealed to him. So there are so many things which are technological, which are technical, some things which 
are very difficult for other churches to really understand why Paul used those words because they were elites, they were people who could really understand him because they have really matured in the faith and Paul could talk to them. Following the church of Ephesus, we talk about the church of the Philipp, the church in Philippi. That's why the book of Philippians is also one of the deepest books. When Paul even says that he wants to go to them because they are his joy, because he are the people that he could sit and talk with and have the liberty to reveal things that was that have been revealed to him, that was still locked in his spirit that he needed people to know. If you are somebody who is very acquainted with scripture, you know that if you are somebody who is very deep or who knows things of the spirit or knows things in scripture, you find it difficult to talk to people who don't really understand you and it becomes some sort of pain to you. So you find the liberty of the spirit, you have a joy when you meet people who think the same level, who have the same mindset as you, so you can be able to release to them and freely talk to them. So that's what Paul also did. So there are two churches that um, Paul reveals Peter mysteries to. So we are looking at the book of Ephesians, and as our brother Daniel did the last time, talking about the purpose of God, I want to also take it from there. We first of all took to uh, talk about the plan of God for the believer, because I think this Christianity that we are in, we have to let people understand that whatever that we are doing in time was already prepared for us before the foundation of the world. And having this knowledge of it will help us to look for right and know what to do. But I will say that we don't lack revelation in the body of Christ, but how you lack is sequential presentation of the body of the mysteries of God. Because whatever thing that has been put into the mind of a man of God, it has to be sequential. It has to be linked with other truths and other doctrines. What makes people not have much interest in Christianity, although they are born into churches and born to um, Christian families, is because some old people don't see how they can connect the doctrines to them. So they don't know how sequential can be. And when it is not sequential, you might not know how to orient yourself to it. So we are going to, uh, first of all, lay the foundation today. We will talk about the spiritual realm, as we say, unseen realm. First of all, we can say God is an unseen being, but he's real. There's a difference between reality and visibility. There's a difference between reality and visibility. God is a real being, but he's invisible to us. God is a real being, but he's invisible to us. And we thought of that, the unseen realm, the first unseen realm, will be the realm that God himself only dwells. God is a real being, but is unseen to us. So as we are relating with this God who is unseen to us, how can we understand him? How can we know him? How can we hear his voice? How can we arrange to whatever he says? That's why this wonderful program is put together so that we can bring our minds, we can bring the revelation God giving us on board for us to be able to fill in the gaps in whatever theology we hold and also to, be able to make sense with whatever that we read in scripture. So God is a real being, but he is not visible to us. So invisibility does not mean unreality. Invisibility does not mean unreality. I know most of us here, our elite, we have read much. Many people bring arguments against us and against our faith that if you have not seen God, then how can we say it is true? Basically, there are three ways of assessing knowledge or investigation of knowledge. There are three ways of doing that. You can say um, the first one is rationalism, the second one is empiricism, and the third one is faith. Rationalism is the first one, the basic system of human perception. 
that's what um, you can know if you want to perceive something as real you want to know something first thing is rationalism the second one is empiricism then the third one is faith so this three basic system of human perception mom is delved into but when we come to Christianity what we put as the first thing is faith so rationalism determines reality through reason so that's what people do they say whatever cannot be reasoned through it's not true so when they can't um, use their minds around or they can't see through uh, a way a logical way they say it's not true and the next one is empiricism empiricism determines reality through what you see touch taste hear and smell which means empiricism deals with what you can just touch so your five senses what you can see someone made an argument on facebook that um i was talking about the holy spirit to say that who is uh, who is he because the person was trying to be sarcastic uh, who is he where is he so that i can go and see him which means the person is um linked if your person is um ascribing to empiricism as a, a mode of um, knowing the truth and they are just funny because at times there are certain things that you know they are true but you have not seen it you have not held it especially numerical like numerals we talk about one two three four five another style but we have never even seen it we know it's a concept which is truth mathematics for instance is a concept we know this is true but we don't touch it we don't smell it but we really believe it so at times i just laugh at them i see that um god help them the last one is faith that's we determine reality through the confidence in the authority or the truthfulness of someone faith is determining reality through the confidence in the authority or the truthfulness of someone so if you don't trust someone you cannot really receive his words whatever that i'm telling you right now if you don't trust me you're not going to receive it so faith is the basic and the first mode of knowing truth that we all ascribe to whenever we are born whenever you are born to this world the first people that you really believe is your parents whatever they tell you is what you believe so what they tell you from childhood is what you are going to believe so first of all you are going to believe the authority of your parents whatever they tell you it is one you say it is one that's why children when they go to school and come and you tell them that maybe this is it and they tell you oh no our madam said this our teacher said this they will never even accept because they have confidence in the one that they believe that is they they receive the information from their teachers through faith so that's what we are doing now so god is real but he's invisible to us but he has made it possible for us to have a book a documentation of his words a documentation of his plan in a book that he has revealed through so many authors as i don't want to go into my detail about it, but we know that there are so many authors of the scriptures or the writers of the scriptures the holy spirit is the one who authored them inspired them as he said in the book of peter that he moved them and they wrote so we have a book that we are going to confine our minds to and i want everybody to just uh, relax as we go through the scriptures we are going to investigate the things that deal with the things of the spirit whatever thing that we're going to do in this life is revealed in the scriptures whatever thing that you do in this life is revealed in the scriptures so for understanding of the scriptures is the most important as a believer when you believe the gospel after being born again the first thing you have to know is to have understanding of the scriptures god by his grace have ordained have made a system for us to know just as we have parents who give us information who teach us things to do 
when we start from childhood, he has given us people who are going to watch over us and also review his scriptures and explain them to us to be able to know him and have orientation to his plan, his purposes for our individual lives. That is why he has called some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be teachers, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors. For the main reason that everyone who comes under this ministry are going to receive from them and these people are going to let you grow and help you in your growth in life. The thing is, most of us do not have a very good background in Christian doctrine and most of us are trying to find a way here and there. But we are lucky that God has brought us together on this platform and this day as I think is what God himself that have um, uh, he has made it possible for us to come together so that we can bring these words onto this platform and those who are ascribed to this platform are going to be blessed by it. Now, reading the scriptures is very important as a believer. You have to read your scriptures. But if you don't teach you how to read it and how to enter it, you become better some, you don't have the feel of it. But the consistency is the name of the game. Even in physical growth, when you eat one food, you eat one meal, you don't say, oh, I've eaten, so I'm just going to sit down and see whether I'll grow. You are not going to just grow by eating one portion of meal to grow like your parents. No, consistency is the name of the game. And consistency at times is being revealed in scriptures as perseverance. Paul said it in the book of the writer of Hebrews, I'm sorry, said you should be persevering consistency. You have to be patient and be consistent so that you can be able to receive the promises. Whatever promises God has promised in your life, I have revealed to you through a prophet, through your inner spirit, inward witness of the Holy Spirit, and through reading of scriptures, will not be able to flow into your life until you have consistency to persevere in taking in the word of God. The doctrines that you teach, the doctrines that the man of God teaches on this platform, he normally talks about how for you to pray. He emphasizes most of the things here. He also brings scriptures on board. It is not something that we just do just as a mere ritual, but we do them to help us go in a spiritual life. Consistency is what you need. If you are not consistent in this Christian life, I tell you, you are not going to see anything. You will now join the people who say that, oh, the doctrine doesn't work. The Bible is not true because you are the same person who was not consistent to it. So let's move into the book of Ephesians. As I said, Paul, the apostle Paul wrote this book in AD 58. In this AD 58, that's 10 years after he began to write scriptures or write canon. So Paul had done ministry for almost 20, 30 years. Because Paul got born again in AD 33 and he wrote it in AD 58. So you can see he has had about almost um, 20 years of uh, ministry life. So he has already condensed his doctrines, what he has taught over and over again. We know that Paul spent the first 14 years in obscurity because he was able to understand the scriptures, build or arrange life to whatever the God has really said. And um, God himself has a blessing, helped him to be able to mature. Because whatever thing that the Apostle Paul wrote was not just by dictation by the Spirit. Some of them was because of his growth in the Word. I repeat again, whatever Apostle Paul wrote was not just by dictation of the Spirit, but was by his growth in the Word. So if you want to know how deep a man of God is in the Scriptures, whatever man of God, that is the writer of the Scriptures as we have them now, if you want to know how deep they were, how their spiritual growth were. You have to see the things that they wrote about, the category of doctrine that we were able to cover. You know how deep these people were. I say that in the Old Testament, there was nobody who can really match, um, can really rival the doctrinal um, death of 
Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah is one of the, the, the greatest Bible expositors and teachers of the word. He was very, very different, very mature believer. And I always be followed by maybe Jeremiah and even Moses. Isaiah is more deeper than even Moses because there are certain doctrines he covered that Moses did not. So um, we can see Apostle Paul, whatever he wrote was based on his epignosis. There's a word in the Greek. I will normally talk about the knowledge of God if you read the book of um the the, the book the book of um let's say let me see the book of Ephesians the let's say the book of Colossians when we look at Colossians chapter one verse two we say to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ grace and peace to um grace to you and peace from God our Father you see so he said that prosperity must be released unto you based uh, released unto you um, then this one comes because of your growth. Basically, that's what I want to mean. Because he said that grow in grace. Peter said it that you should grow in grace, um, grow in grace in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we grow in grace through the knowledge. The word knowledge there is epignosis. Epignosis means the doctrine that you have to be able to accumulate inside your human spirit. That is inside your heart. That is what we call epignosis. So epignosis knowledge is um, knowledge more than perception of doctrine the word gnosis means um seems having an understanding of maybe a concept just like you know learning mathematics you know that um we teach you maybe one plus one is two that one is just you have just understood it but the pignosis when you believe it holy spirit converses into your human spirit and it becomes a spiritual energy that is why we have uh, epignosis. So you know God through epignosis. So the more that you learn the word of God, the category of doctrines that you begin to teach, as you begin to believe them, the Holy Spirit begins to convert them to spiritual energy in your spirit. Your spirit is begin to uh, open your understanding, begin to let you grow, begin to perceive and know things. You begin to know. You begin to know. Paul said, you may know him. You may know him. That red knowledge there is all about when you have that epignosis knowledge, you're able to know God as if you know him just standing by you. That is the epignosis. So the main goal of the book of Ephesians to reveal to us things that will help us um, add to the doctrinal content we have, to be able to arrange the doctrines we have learned all over these years, to be able to have a certain possession of God so we can arrange to him in this life. Hallelujah. I think um, maybe if that's it, maybe you have to continue okay so i think uh maybe someone might have a question uh of what i'm saying maybe i'm going too fast i don't know I, I, am i going too fast uh, no crap we are on point okay 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 okay, okay. I'm, going, I'm not going to okay so now in the book of ephesians as paul said he started by saying paul an apostle of christ jesus by the will of god that's verse one to the saints who are at Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. So um, when you read the original manuscript of this episode, actually Paul, when he was writing it, he did not write Ephesus there. He left a blank. He left a blank there that have to be um, filled in. So we look at the the, the, the original manuscript, the, the original languages, the manuscript that we have evidence now, it was not written that way. So it was written to a geographical location. But because that time they didn't have photocopier machines 
Paul wrote the original um, episodes and gave it to the other people to recopy. When they copy them, then they send to one, maybe they are sending to the church in Colossae, they send one to maybe uh, Ephesus, they send one to Philippi. Then by writing them um, the name of the place they are sending to. But the original one was written without any letter. So we can put our names, we can put whatever location you are now. So whatever location you are now, you can put that location there into Ephesus. Because it was a letter written to the church for us to be able to uh, know what he was writing. So it is a revelation of what God himself was trying to tell the church and every believer in this church age, beginning from when Paul wrote it up to now. So you can put whatever place, wherever place you are. Me, I am in Obwasi. So I can say that to the saints who are in Obwasi, to the saints that Solomon, faithful in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it is very um, fascinating that Paul, when he was talking about his calling as an apostle, he used the designation by the will of God. By which will? When you say the will of God, it is something that many people have abused it. When you say the will of God, at times it's a way of trying to just say that, okay, uh, that is not, that's the, by, by the, the will of God in a key form. But, but the will of God is not, that's what is being used here by the scriptures. The will of God talk about God's predetermined plan. Whatever that he prepared in his studio, in eternity packs, that had been revealed to Paul about himself. That is why we call the will of God. So the will of God is whatever plan God have prepared, have, have made concerning a believer, a predetermined plan concerning a believer before he created the world. That is why we call the will of God. So the will of God can be revealed in, can be divided into so many dimensions. And when I say the will of God, we are talking about how God himself planned. We say the Bible is the will of God. Okay, yes, it's true. But it's a revelation of what God has prepared and has planned about every believer in time. That's why we call it the will of God. So the will of God was done before eternity passed. So we are now coming to the unseen realm that has just started, the right of the unseen realm, which means God himself is real, but he's invisible. Now, as just introduction, let's look at um, the Trinity for a moment. God exists in three persons. There are three persons who have the same nature that we call God. When you say God, it's a revelation of a being who has certain identical characteristics or attributes. When we say God, we mean a being who have identical characteristics or attributes. When you say attributes, as for example, let me use, I want to just come, just uh, I want to be normal, I want to just come to the level because many people might not understand some of the theological words I'm using, but I'll try my best and explain them in simple terms. When we say a human being, we say that um, when you see someone having two legs, having two hands, have mind, a mind to be able to reason and talk and do other stuff, you don't need somebody to tell you that he's a human being. Because of the attributes the person possesses, you know that this person is a human being. That is what we mean by attribute. So when you see a being as revealed in scripture and has certain characteristics or certain attributes, we say that being is God. So when anyone claims those attributes, he is God. Now, in scripture, there are three persons that have been revealed to have the same essence that we call God. So actually, in the Hebrew language, the word Elohim is in the plural. It's a plural now. Always exists in the plural. So you mean that it is a plurality of God. But there are three persons who have that essence. The essence talk about the basic uh, element of uh, something. 
So the essence of God is what we call the glory of God. And every person that had that essence can be called as God. Now, you have to also differentiate between what we call nature and attribute. The attribute springs from the nature. The attribute springs from the nature, but the nature is the basic element. So let me say, I want to just link it to human in a way. When you say that, um, we can say that the nature of God is like the heart of God. And the attribute is like, let's say, his hands, his uh, other parts. So we let's say the nature of God is the heart of God, the basic element of God. Let me say that. The nature of God is made up of one, love. The nature of God, as the essence of God, is made of love. Number two, we say justice. That's number two. Number three, we say light. Number four. Number one is love. Number two is justice. Number three is light. Okay. Uh huh. So these things are related to the nature of God. So at times when we say God is love, yes, but that's not related. He's also just the same as God is also light. Okay, so we have these. Now, when you talk about attributes, the attributes of God are what we call his sovereignty. Sovereignty is an attribute of God, which means he has all power. All power. God is sovereign. The, the sovereignty of God is there. That's one. That's the attribute. We have the omnipotence of God. That's all power. Sovereignty is one. Number two, omnipotence. Number three is omnipresence. Omnipresence, that means he's everywhere. Omnipresence. Okay. And then omniscience. That is his all-knowing. Omniscience. Okay. Omniscience. So we have one the omnipresence, we have the sovereignty, we have omnipotence. Now, all these attributes of God are, all these are what we call attributes of God. So when you want to really know God, first of all, you have to know his nature and know his attributes. You have to know his nature and know his attributes. We know the nature of God and we know the attributes of God. Okay. Now, when we talk about the righteousness of God, we are talking about the nature of God. Righteousness is part of his nature. The relation between these two, the attributes and the nature, is that God uses his attribute to reveal his nature. God uses his attributes to reveal his nature. So when God wants to reveal his love, he uses an attribute, whether his power, his sovereign will, his omnipotence, his omnipresence, to reveal his nature. That is why we normally say that 
uh, if God loves me, let him do this for me. Because we know that he can use his attribute to reveal his nature. Now, this is basic for us to know as Christians. Now, if you don't have this understanding from the start, you begin to see God as maybe a tyrant or someone who is indifferent. You begin to see God as a tyrant or somebody who is indifferent, but that's not true. God wants to reveal his love, but he does it through his attributes that he gives you. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, I want us to read up to verse 14. The whole of verse 3 to verse 14, in the original manuscript, there is no, no punctuation. It's a full revelation. And it is not believed to be the longest sentence in all literature. So from verse 3 to verse 14, Paul was writing it without even punctuating it. So they are all relating as one. The revelation of the plan of God from one part to another is all encapsulated in all this revelation that's revealed there. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us. So when I'm reading, whenever you see any of this word, I will let you underline them. One is predestined. So you can underline it in your Bible, predestined. So he has predestined us for the adoptions, adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose, another one, according to what? The purpose of his will. So the will of God have also come back here again, according to the purpose of his also his will. To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. That is talking about the same beloved. The forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. Another one, and light, mystery of his will. According to his purpose. According to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan. He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Another word, inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him. Paul is repeating those words. He was just repeating because the guy have understood the, the whole concept of the sender. He began to repeat it, to drum home the point. It's all about the... It's all about the predestination, the purpose of God, whatever he has done for you, whatever you plan. According to... Having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of this world. So I want us to um, end in verse 11. Who works all things according to the counsel of His will? The counsel of His will. Please, can you hear me? 
Please, can you hear me? If you can hear me, let me. Okay, 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 okay. Now, according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Now, this long sentence Paul reviewed in the book of Ephesians is the magna corpus or the fullness of the plan of God. Every doctrine in scripture is based on this outline from verse 3 to verse 14. Every doctrine in scripture is based on this outline. Every doctrine in scripture is based on this outline. He said that blessed be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Now, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, I just want to just um, lay foundation today for you to have an understanding here. Now, what Paul is revealing here to the believers, to you and me, is this. There is a blessing that every day we talk about that God wants to bless you. God have this purpose for your life. God wants you this for your life. God wants you to do this. Listen, whatever thing God is telling about your life now, it's not something God is just making up just because as you are growing, he's just looking at, okay, I think this one will do well. This one will be better. And uh, Let me move in here. No. All these things are part of the record God has of you. He has already documented them in his studio before he created the world. Hmm. Maybe somebody started getting me. This talks about what God has really documented about you. Because God, the attributes of God, one of the attributes is omniscience. Omniscience is when God, what God knows. Omniscience is all, um, the ability for God to know all things, both actual and probable. Omniscience is the knowledge of God of all things, both actual and probable. So, God knowing all things which are actual, that is, no matter what, it will happen. And those things which are probable, we call it omniscience. That's God's perfect knowledge of all things in history, in creation, about every individual, every, every thought, every idea, whatever thing that we have here, we call it omniscience. So, those things which are actual and probable are called the omniscience of God. Now, as I've said, God has a nature and has attributes. All these things are perfect and they, re, they, they, they go with his own essence because that's his nature. He must, has knowledge to know all things. Now, so whatever God thinks God knows about all creation, both actual and probable, are called the omniscience of God. But there's another category of knowledge of God we call the foreknowledge of God. So, to make this um, more consistent here, 
let's look at the doctrine of the knowledge of God. Doctrine of the knowledge of God, number one. Because we have to know all these things before we can be able to get into what we call the doctrine of divine decree. Then we begin to know the other things of the Assyrian. First, the doctrine of the knowledge of God. God has three categories of knowledge. God has three categories of knowledge. The doctrine of the knowledge of God. God's knowledge. He has three categories of knowledge. Number one is called self-knowledge. God has three categories of knowledge. Number one is called self-knowledge. The self-knowledge of God is a complete knowledge of himself and the other members of the Trinity. A complete knowledge of himself and other other members of the Trinity. So when you take God the Father or the first person, he has full knowledge of himself and full knowledge of the other members of the Trinity. That's called self-knowledge. If you take the second person, he has full knowledge of himself and have full knowledge of the first and third person. Same with the third person, the Holy Spirit. So the category of knowledge of God, first one is self-knowledge. Number two is called omniscience. Number two is omniscience. As I've already said, omniscience is the perfect knowledge of God of all creation both actual and probable. So you see, what relates to the Trinity, you call it self-knowledge. What is outside the Trinity, that's not about creation, you call it omniscience. So omniscience is God's perfect knowledge of all things in creation, both actual and potential or probable. They are called omniscience. Number three is called foreknowledge. Number three is called foreknowledge. Foreknowledge is God's perfect knowledge of all actual events. Foreknowledge is God's perfect knowledge of all actual events, including persons, specifically believers. Foreknowledge is God's perfect knowledge of all actual events. including persons, especially believers. So in the scriptures, we use foreknowledge to refer to actual events which took place that God knew and only believers. We don't use foreknowledge in relation to unbelievers. So we can say that foreknowledge is a subset of omniscience. We can say foreknowledge is a subset of omniscience. Foreknowledge is a subset of omniscience. So it's like foreknowledge plus potential happenings will be equal to omniscience. So we can use that as a formula. Omniscience is equal to foreknowledge plus probables. Foreknowledge plus probables is equal to omniscience. That's what it means. So whenever you are reading the scripture, you talk about God is omniscient. We mean those things which are actual and probable. But when you're talking about probable, we are, talk, we are talking about um, uh, foreknowledge. We talk about only those things which are actual, especially to believers. Now, with this in mind, 
you can now begin to understand certain concepts in scripture. Let's open our Bible first of all to the book of Let's look at um, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. Isaiah 43, verse 7. Okay. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. This is God speaking. Everyone that is called by my name, that, that is believers. Everyone that is called by his name are believers. For I have created him for my glory. So God's end in view for you as a believer is his glory. Hmm. Please, are you following? God's end for you as a believer is his glory and this is not different from what paul wrote here in ephesians chapter 1 verse number 5 he predestined us for the adoption of sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his soul to the praise of his glorious grace you see that's the glory the main reason why god created you was for his glory so as we're listening to me tonight, you might think that, oh, I'm just one in a million. Um, maybe God has certain people who are special. Listen, God's purpose for knowledge of God concerning you as a believer, it is glory. That is his glory. God's knowledge about you, it is his glory. His, the only thing that he wanted you have is his glory. Now, so we have now known the definition of all many signs. We have known the, the three categories of God's knowledge. Now, the person. Okay, let me do this way. Now, the plan of God is like um, let's say somebody who wants to build a house. He has to draw a plan. We have a building plan. That plan of God, let's say an architect, have to first draw it in his room. Before he goes to the, 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 the site to go and implement the plan. So before God did everything in this world, he has a room. Let's call it the studio of God. Let's call it the studio of God. So the plan of God, whatever thing that we do as believers, whatever thing we have seen in history, everything is encapsulated in what we call the plan of God. So it is like God's studio. Of whatever that he was about to do in this time that's the plan of god we have to arrange some of the issues that god have concerned individuals under certain categories because the plan of god is a whole big thing they have to put some of the under categories so you can know so whenever somebody is prophesying to you whenever the man of god is speaking <coughs> you have to know that some of these things he's talking about when god reveals anything to a prophet he's revealing a part of your book that he has already prepared in his studio before he started creation so it is not anything that God is just making up. It's about you. He has perfect knowledge. Remember, we said omniscience is God's perfect knowledge about all events in history, in creation, both actual and probable. So by God's foreknowledge, the things you know about you perfectly, you becoming a male, it's not nothing new to him because he 
ordained it. You become a female, it is based on his perfect plan for you. You being in Ghana, it's not a mistake. You being an African, it's not a mistake. Everything is according to the plan of God. He did it now himself. He has perfect knowledge of you. Everything, then he ordained it. So they are like a book in heaven. If you read Psalm 139, David talks about, he says that my my frame, you knew my frame, and all my issues were written in your book. So God knew you before you were being created. So the book is what we are implementing now. Whatever thing that you are going through, whatever thing that you have to do in this life, is based according to the book. If you read the book of um, Kings, it says that David served his generation according to the will of God and he slept with his fathers. That's it. According to the will of God. That is according to the book God wrote about David in eternity past before he created him. That's David fulfills his own. So we are going to link this study that we are going to do for the next few days to what God, the unseen realm, basically is about what God has planned about your life before he put them into effect. So you can really orient to all of them. So when you're talking about unseen realm, you're not talking about somebody just closing his eyes and seeing uh, demons or sins. That's not what you're talking about. No. That one just like something just draws out from it. The main thing is about you. Because the believer's point of reference here, Paul says that God has blessed us in eternity past. He has blessed us with all every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, how can God choose you before you even existed? That is the problem here. Because the foreknowledge of God has perfect knowledge of all believers. Everyone he knows, he has perfect knowledge of whatever this you think. So he knew that if you like it or not, you are going to believe the gospel. <laughs> so he knows he's not going to force you. That is why he can talk about somebody being a prophet before he was even born. And because he knows that he's going to be a believer. And that's not that thing. Take God by surprise. So he, that's foreknowledge. That is talking about believers. Yes. So for all believers, you listen to me now. God has this foreknowledge. It's about you. So foreknowledge is, is God's. The believer being the mind of God before he created the world. You are in his mind every day. So when Satan is telling you that, oh, you see, maybe God has even forgotten. Let me tell you, before you even became a believer, you were in the mind of God. He has been having special, concentrated um, knowledge about you. He's just focusing on you every day. He's seeing you every day. Because with God, God does not acquire knowledge. He knows all things simultaneously. The whole time, do everything simultaneously. So it's like before we reach here, God Himself knew here, knew whatever generation you are living in. Everything is with Him, because God exists in the eternal past, eternal future, all in the present now. God exists in the present, eternal past, eternal future, all in the present now. So to you, you are not going; you are just working in God. That's it. So whatever thing you are doing is nothing new. God is just revealing it. <laughs> so based upon the knowledge of God. God himself chose believers. He chose believers. Every believer, he chose you. He said, aha, this person, let me, let me see. Okay. Simultaneous knowledge, I'm not talking about linear, like God just look at a video and saw everything and pause. That's not what we are meaning here. Because for us, our mind cannot comprehend it. So we have to put it in sequential order so that we can see which one comes which. But with God, it's all like present knowledge. He just knew all of that at once. Everything at once. Okay. So with that... For us to understand, you want to put them in sequential order. So you can maybe draw a line in your, your book and divide it into 
into three. Then on the left, you write eternity past. In the middle, you write time. And in the third one, you write um, new heaven, new earth. The first one, you write eternity past. The second one, you write time. And the third one, you write new heaven, new earth. Now, this is just what I want to have in your head now. So that you can know where each of the doctrine will fall. So when I want to start with just an introduction to the, the doctrine of the divine decree, the divine decree here, whatever blessing that you are going to have in time is all part of the divine decree. The divine decree basically is all the potential and the possible ways history can go or history can pan out. God chose one that this is what I want you to happen. And he set them in stone. So we call it, he has decreed it. That is what he has set in stone. In fact, if you look at the book of Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews referred to this one um, at a small period. That's Hebrews chapter 3. He was talking about the rest of God. In Hebrews chapter 3, In Hebrews chapter 3, he says that. Okay, let's look at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Paul was, um, the writer of Hebrews was just warning us that we should make sure that we don't miss whatever blessing God has prepared for us in time. He said, Therefore, why a promise of entering his rest still stands? Let us fear, lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. For a good news came to us, just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because they were not united by faith with those who listened. For who, for we who have believed enter the rest. As he said, as I saw in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works, now look at this, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. That's the point. His works, that is talking about the divine decree, has been finished from the foundation of the world. He said they will not enter into his rest, but he says his works have been finished before the financial rest. So this is the, 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 the verse. So you can analyze your Bible. Although his works, that's God, were finished from the foundation of the world. So whatever blessing that God is using a prophecy or a dream or guiding you to, it is what he has already finished by his, in his studio, in eternity past. He has already finished that one before the foundation of the world. So he wants to guide you into that one. This is what most prophets call prepared blessing. Yes. So the works of God, the rest of God for you personally, has been finished before the foundation of the world. But for you to enter, need your free will, need your ascribing to God's plan, whatever thing you have already prepared for you, that this is the, the game changer. This is a tactical way you have to go to be able to reach it. So you need your free will. So in the divine decree, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man coexist. I repeat, in the divine decree, the sovereignty of God and the free will of man coexist. So God has really willed for you the best thing that will ever happen to you in life as well for you is for you. That's will for you. But until you also will 
in connection with what God has will for you, you will never enter it. Remember, we are talking about the blessing God has blessed us in Ephesians. Because I know many people know about, want to know about how God can bless their life. I know why I took that scripture. Because if I let you understand the divine decree, whatever you are doing in this life, the blessing of salvation, the blessing of geographical location where you are, whatever work you are doing, all of them stem from this divine decree God did. So when Paul is saying that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, he's talking about God's foreknowledge. He wrote your name down. Douglas Akufu and prepare the book for you. Put it down. He wrote your name down. Philip. He wrote your name down. Uh, who else? Let's say Samuel. He writes your name down. Now, all these things because he knows you're going to believe. So it is not anything new. When God come and tell somebody that your child is going to be a prophet, he's going to be a destiny. Because God is by the book that God is then revealing. Yeah, just open one page and throw it to the and open it to the angel. Aha, take it, go and tell this prophet. Tell it to reveal to this person. So when you say for one, when we say that the, the will of God has been revealed for your life, we are talk, actually talking about the will of God as in the page or the books that he has written about you. One of the pages is still called the will of God. So which of them can you fulfill as you are in time? Everything stems from the divine decree. So the invisible realm or the unseen realm, the first unseen realm is the eternity past. That's what you have written on your left page. That is where God is. That's where God, the three persons dwell. So they have something like a conference in eternity past, saying that, okay, this is our will. We want to have this. And they see eternity future or the new heaven, new heaven and new earth. Have that, okay, I have all this. We have this knowledge about how it's going to happen. Whatever plan we're going to have in relation to creation. And God said, okay, it was pleasing to him. Free will exist. Some people will reject me. I won't force them, but they reject me. Some people will accept me. But the end in view for God is what Paul reveals in the book of Colossians chapter 1, verse number 20. I think that will be maybe the last scripture I'll quote. This is just something for you to just ponder on. Before God will tomorrow, you delve into it, opening into the divine decree and to how it is done and what the divine decree entails. Divine decree concerning nations, concerning individuals, concerning even Jesus Christ. Everything will be true. So let's look at Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Now, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He says that he is the image that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation. That is, when you use the word the firstborn, that is, he's the inheritor of all creation. So when God sat in eternity past, he saw in eternity future, that is the new heaven and the earth, that all creation, talking about angels and humans, all those who are going to believe in him, according to his foreknowledge, all of them are going to be under Christ. Christ is going to be the head of angels and the head of humans. That is why he's called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. King of Kings means the head of humans. Lord of Lords means he is the head of angels. Because the word Lord, Kurios, in the Greek text, normally talk about deity, that is the gods. So angels are called Lords, Kurios. And he, the kings, talking about the people on this, this earth. So he is the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. So that is what we saw in eternity past. We can see that same thing written in the book of Psalm 110. When David saw, he was, uh, he was, it was revealed to him as he saw even Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. He says, that's where we have the uh, Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father in Psalm 110. 
we know that scripture because it is part of what God has, the knowledge of God, the foreknowledge. So he revealed that part and asked him to write it. And before he even came to be born, yes, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand side until I make you make the enemies of truth. That moment is talking about when Christ has sat at the right hand side. That really got fulfilled in AD 30 after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But yet, it is what God saw from eternity past in the studio. And that's what it was his will, that everybody is going to be under him. And Christ is going to rule forever. But this one, it says he's the firstborn of all creation. For by him, verse 16, for by him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Now that's the point. Visible and invisible. Visible means physical creation. Invisible means the one you don't see. That's talking about the angels. So visible, weather. So he's giving examples of the, the things that we don't see. Thrones or dominions or rulers. These are the categories of angels we have. All things were created through him and for him. That's the point. All things were created through him and for him. So it is everything was put into creation by the God the Son, that's Jesus Christ. And he did everything because it, everything was done for him. Because the plan was this. God wants to share his love with creation as our brother Daniel taught us the last time. It's for us to participate in the economy of God. Therefore, for God's love to be circulated in our souls, for us to share in the happening and the glory of God, yeah, yeah. he had to plan. The line is breaking. Can you take it? Can you take it again? Okay. Now, as our brother Daniel taught us the last time, God's plan was for us to share in the glory of God or the divine economy. Remember that God is invisible. Okay. And God is God is unlimited. He has no limitation. He has no like a borderline. If I'm drawing somebody, you can write a borderline, but God has no borderline. So it is not possible for somebody who has no borderlines or limitation to have fellowship with somebody who has limitation. So the reason why God did this to be able to let you have the plan was that one in this the limit limited humans or creatures cannot have unlimited being so what god have to do was that then he has power to do so he have to find a way he has to come and have a limited body so that it will become like a channel through which that same person can have fellowship with the unlimited god and that same person can have fellowship with the limited man so that is the reason for the incarnation, the reason for Jesus Christ becoming God-man, because there's no way God can have fellowship with someone who is who is having a limitation, because your limitation cannot contain. So what God has to do, you have to find something like an abridged version, let's say uh, the Pro Max version in our own palace, Pro Max, God Pro Max. So let's say Jesus Christ in humanity is God Pro Max. So in Him we can have, as the Bible says, that in Him dwelleth the Godhead body. So we can have a limited being, have a fellowship with limited beings, so that he also have, have being an unlimited being, can also have fellowship with the unlimited being. That's God. So Christ is the center. That's why Ephesians say that the plan that he has purpose, that he set forth in Christ, because he is the main reason why the plan was set forth. And because of that, all of us came to being. He says that his plan, that um, that's Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 making known to the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ because that is what his plan was 
to achieve what he has seen by his foreknowledge, the end that he saw from the beginning, that all things, he's going to be the ruler of all things. Both angels are going to be under him. Although he has not created anybody, but he has foreknowledge of everything. All angels are going to be under him. All humanity, in terms of those who have believed, are going to be with him. So to have the achievement and to fulfill of this purpose, what I have seen in the end, he has to say that he's, he was satisfied with it. So he said, okay, now let's put this one into creation. So everything that you are going to do, even the unbeliever who was created, who was born, his birth, he has the same features as Jesus Christ when he became a human being. That is why everybody has that features. Angels have features like Jesus Christ because they are all going to be under him. So everyone who is limited through we creature we have, all of them, the reason why they were created so, but because of Jesus Christ himself, that we are going to be under. So for you, when you say you are in the image of God, you are created in the image of God, that's what we mean. You mean that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, that's what Colossians is saying, because he is the one who has taken in that body, and he is the photocopy, he is the one that we are, God is going to, he's going to create everybody after. So you look at him, in bodily form, and create, create humanity to be like that, create angels to be like that. So that's how it is. So we have to see everything in that light. So that when we are talking about spiritual things, when you talk about angels, people say angels have visited them. Don't see that it is so weird because they are, you are just like you. The angels are just like you because they are also like Jesus Christ himself. Uh-huh, just like you too. So everything is about God's seed you. So God's seed you, he has made that plan to share his love with free will creatures. Because God is having free will, he created man to have free will. But he can't create man to be unlimited, but he can create that to be limited. He can create us to be omnipotent. He can create us to have limited power. He cannot create us to be omniscient because that's one is the attribute of uh, divinity. Therefore, he gives us limited knowledge. But according to his nature, which is love, light, justice, and all those that righteousness, that one it is his basic nature. That one he has given to us as believers. That is why the Bible says that he has imputed unto us his righteousness. That is his nature, not his attribute. He has imputed unto us his love. His love is pouring into us. The love of Christ has shed upon our, our heart so that we can also love God because this is his nature. He poured into us. He wants us to be just. Yes, because it will, justice will come at the um, result of us growing as well. All those things are by the nature of God. In fact, Peter wrote in First Peter that he has given us all these promises so that we can be partakers of divine what? Nature. Peter didn't say divine attribute because the attribute is for divinity. But the nature himself, he wants all of us to share in it. That is how it is. So as a believer, God has full knowledge of you. He knows you. He wants you have seen you. He has desired to share his nature with you. The nature of God, one is eternal life. One is eternal life. One is righteousness. One is love. One is justice. All those things are all his nature. That is why he's imputed all these things to you. Because it is part of his plan. He has to set you up. If you are going to live with God forever, you have to have his life, which is called eternal life. When you are going to live with God, you have to have his righteousness. We call it divine righteousness. If you are going to live with God, you have to have the love of God. That's why he has put his love inside you. You have to, you have to be just. That's why God is giving you his word. Everything is geared towards for you to be under Christ forever and enjoy him and have relationship with the divinity. So what our brother Daniel told us last time about the plan of God for us to share in the glory, say in the economy of God, that's what it means. It's all hinged on what we call the divine decree. So that's why God in eternity passed in the studio of God. The first invisible realm or 
the first unsealed realm is the eternity past, the city of God. In this realm, only three persons stay. Only three persons are there. Is the God, the Godhead. That's the first person we know as God the Father. Second person we know as God the Word. Third person we know as God the Holy Spirit. We can say that God the Father, Jesus Christ, as in his deity, and Holy Spirit is there. So these two persons living in the first unseen realm that we are talking about today. Tomorrow, God willing, we are going to go into the details of the divine decree. So that when you move into the one in time, when you talk about the one in time, the realm where other fewer creatures live, you will not even see it to be weird because God Himself knew you in that invisible realm, on that unseen realm, before He put everything into, into creation. God began to set out every dispensation, whatever thing He planned in time, before you arrive here. So you are not an accident. You are somebody God has known. He has knowledge of you. In fact, He knew that you are going to believe. He knew everything about your life. When I think about some of these things, it lets me be able to relax. When Satan says that, oh, we are not going to make it, I tell him that based on the divine decree, God himself has made it. He didn't create, he knew me before he created you, the angel. He knew me because his foreknowledge is about me. He knew me before he created you, the angel. He knew me before he created even the nation Ghana came to be. Because he, created, he, he did everything because of that. You are not an accident. Whatever blessing God has given to you, it's not an accident. Whatever God has planned for your life, it's not an accident. He had the, the blueprint in his in his studio. It is there. He has written your name on it. He did it by foreknowledge. He knew you. You are going to believe. He knew how you are going to believe. He knew everything about your life. You are not an accident. So when God told Jeremiah that before you were even a clot of blood in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet. That is about the foreknowledge of God. Because according to a divine decree concerning creation, Jeremiah was made to be a prophet. So he wrote his name down, Prophet Jeremiah. So that's why many people, when we tell you that the more you are working with God, you are going to have great people upon earth. You don't understand us because God has the book. He knows the people who are the next badge who are coming to this world before you leave. So you now look at the books and say, this person has to bless him. Let me make sure he enter this earth through this person and he's going to be your seed forever. If somebody doesn't even understand this, I don't know how you should be even be angry with God. At times, I said that I relax. God knows the plan for my life. He knows everything about my life. Whatever happens in this life, if God wants to give the best of the people who are going to be in this earth, He knows them. He has their book there. He just has to make sure that these people are going to come through you and they fulfill their purpose on earth. What is more than this? Paul has made us to know that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. He chose you in Christ. He chose you in Jesus Christ before the foundation of the world. And this is according to His perfect knowledge of you, which is known as foreknowledge. And He knew every circumstance around your life, those which will happen and those which will not happen. We call it omniscience. God is good. He has self knowledge. His perfect knowledge about you and about every event in history is why you are here. So I want you to just relax, think about this world, go to the scriptures. Whatever event that you, you think is happening in your life is a mistake. Some of them might be based on your funeral, but they're all inclusive. God has personal knowledge of them. He didn't let them come, no, but because you are still in his plan. So far as you have believed, you are in the plan of God. And because you have ascribed that plan, which opens you up to the divine decree about you, you are going to fulfill your purpose in this life. God bless you. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Maybe I want somebody 
might be on this platform who might be thinking, am I even a believer? Uh, maybe I just join. See, it's, there's no uh, wrong time for you to accept Jesus Christ because he is the one who knows you. That's why he has made sure you are here. Somebody might be here. You might be thinking twice, even me, am I even born again? The point is this. You can just accept him now. You can just pray that simple prayer of uh, receiving Jesus Christ. That Lord Jesus, I thank you for knowing about me. Because you are part of the studio. You are, part, you are in the studio where everything about me was being done. You know my frame. You know what I'm made of. Whatever thing that I will be doing in life, you know. And you have made sure that I live in this time. For me to hear this message, I want you to come to my life. I believe that you died for me and resurrected from my sanctification, my salvation. Thank you, Lord, for coming to my life. Amen. Thank you very much, man of God. I think maybe um, I have to end here. Then we, this is just an introduction to the divine decrees. We are going to go much deeper, uh, God willing, and ask in our next meeting, so that I can be able to quote more scriptures and we're going to analyze them. As we are, we are speaking, we are teaching, many of you are going to see what is happening in your life. You begin to compare your life to certain things. And you know, ah, this is not something that is unique. It's something that happens because God knew it. God bless you. Wow. 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 Somebody shout glory. Hey, <laughs> Yehovah. My head. Somebody say my head. <laughs> Oh God, oh God, oh God. Isn't isn't all wonderful? Isn't all so wonderful? Wow, wow. Let me tell you, if you come late, uh, <laughs> the way that you know, we do that we came early, we were struggling. How much more you who came late? <laughs> Wow, powerful, 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 powerful. Somebody say powerful. Are you blessed? 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 Shada gada bada bada ba. Shogodo godo bohosaya. Rakabashegede hese. Ikabashaya. Are you blessed? Oh, let me see you. If you are there, let me see you. It seems only two people are there. Are you blessed? Are you blessed at all? Are you blessed at all? Glory to Jesus. Halagashaya. Our life has been pre-planned, predetermined, pre-orchestrated. Very powerful. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody shout, my life is not an accident. Nothing. Oh, can you talk to me? Say, my life is not an accident. Everything that happens to me, whether good or bad, is not new to God. Oh, I want you to talk to me. My life is not an accident. 
everything that happens to me whether good or bad is not new to God hallelujah so tell somebody that relax look tell someone that my sister relax 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 tell somebody relax 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 I, I know I know you are so I know you are anxious I know you are expecting things but relax relax and can you, I want you to turn to the devil and tell the devil that God is so part of this story of my life that he can never leave me See, sometimes the enemy speaks a lot into our mind the devil speaks a lot into our mind the devil speaks a lot into our mind but I'm sure that now we have a reply for him <laughs> oh thank you Lord are you blessed before we go I want you to make a prayer that God help me to trust in you help my heart in this season to really trust in you help my heart to trust in you lift up your voice and begin to pray just one minute we learn we trust in Jesus 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 we trust Look, the things that he has taught us this evening, I tell you, if we get the deeper understanding, some of us will stop worrying. Certain anxieties will go away, certain things will go away. I want you to go back and feed yourself again, play it over and over again. And I know the Lord is going to help you. Hallelujah. God bless you so much for coming around. It's, it's been a wonderful session that tomorrow, um, the man of God will be engaged in the evening. So the next session will be this dawn. Somebody said this dawn. In view of that, um, tonight we will not have our night invasion. Yeah, we will not have our night invasion. So we are meeting this dawn. I mean 4 a.m. GMT. 4 a.m. GMT. Yeah, so those outside Ghana, you do your calculations well. 4 a.m. GMT. So those in the Eastern Time, the U.S. and those people, I'm sure it will be around 12 a.m. Then Sweden, Sweden will be, to Sweden will be 5 a.m. Either 5, 3 a.m. or 5 a.m. Those, so you, whatever you are, you do your calculations. Yeah, so we are meeting. 4 a.m. GMT to continue. Yeah, the man of God will be engaged in the evening. So um, let's let's come this dawn. Hallelujah. And let's continue with the word. Hallelujah. Oh, are we not there? Uh, you guys are not responding. Hallelujah. Aha. It's powerful. It's powerful. It's powerful. So God bless you so much for coming around. Um, the way the teaching is, uh, I don't want to spoil your head. Huh. Go back. I will make sure I publish it as early as possible so that you can have access to it. Digest it. Tomorrow, he said, today was introduction. Please, tell us somebody, all what you heard is introduction. <laughs> all what you heard is introduction. Hallelujah. 
all what you heard is introduction aha so tomorrow if you come late if you don't come you are going to miss if you join us on wednesday the things you are going to hear unless you faint on the phone Uh so i want you to make it a point and join us and follow us and i know god has something for you all what you are doing is just preparing ourselves for the 50 days that god has given to us to engage destiny and all this thing he's talking about are things that god is preparing our hearts towards and i want you to focus and pay attention and i know god is going to bless you so much god bless you so much for coming and as i said we have a whatsapp page that um we have certain interactions and all that um you can maybe don't don't just come here and go and be let's we need consistency the man of god mentioned it consistency and if you are there you said oh man of god i want to be part of this whatsapp page if we have a whatsapp page where we engage a lot of activities other than what we do here so if you want to be part of us you can just post your whatsapp number um, administrators are there who, who can pick the numbers and quickly add you to the whatsapp page before we end uh, we, we have about one minute to do this so if you are there and you are hearing us and you want to be part of the whatsapp page you can follow our activities and you can be notified of some of the things we are doing i want you to post your whatsapp number the administrators will pick it and add you to the page also you can also follow the the the, the session and also um follow us on all the sessions that are available on all this um, network media and also all the platforms so that you can have access to everything that we are doing but it's a whole series we are doing we've started somewhere and we are all going on so we need to be very consistent and very sequential the man of god said it they're very sequential we started from where he said that when he was ministering he was making reference to some people yeah that's it so you need to really follow us very closely so that you can get what god is doing even in this season the lord bless you so much may the lord keep you i pray that the hand of the lord will be so strong upon your life even in the name of jesus i pray that the lord will enlarge your coast and the lord will open your understanding to the realities of him i pray that may god the light of god that is shed abroad in your heart and your mind help you to comprehend the fullness of what he is leading us into may the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore amen god bless you for coming god bless you man of god for blessing our life can you say god bless you to the man of god everyone oh say god bless you to the man of god i want you to say it for 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 making time to join us it's a wonderful session oh say something to the man of god say god bless you god bless you god bless you god bless you man of god for coming so this this done for am gmt don't miss it set alarm set everything and be a partaker of what god is have to don't miss it don't sleep so you can help yourself uh, that's what i'm saying that try your best if you want to be part of the whatsapp too so that we can help you wake up so that you don't miss it yeah so god bless you um lastly my name is mr douglas i love you so much 
I love you so much. I love you so much. Bye-bye.